This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. Butch Lukage, how are you today? Well, I'm good. Listen, man, we are. How are you? I am fantastic. We are talking Green Lantern, Beware My Power, uh, the quintessential updated Jon Stewart story. We go from Vietnam to uh, Afghanistan. You know, everything uh, is flowing well. We're talking about PTSD, soldiers' honors, uh, intergalactic wars. This is a very fun animated feature. Oh, great. Thanks. You know, and it's perfect that we're talking today because it's National uh, National PTSD Day. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what take us through the process of wanting to finally tell the John Stewart story in a full, in-depth fashion? Uh, you know, we've had so many of the Hal Jordan stories. We've seen Jessica Cruz show up. We still haven't seen Kyle, Guy, or Simon show up. But you know, uh, if not if not Hal, it's got to be John. Yeah, I mean, initially for us, about four years ago, when me and Jim Creed were picking the series of movies we were going to do together, John Stewart was always going to be the main character of this one. And uh, him and Blue Now, it was going to be a buddy picture where they travel uh, to find other other justice people, people to help start the justice done. But once we got to this, I did that all changed because I didn't want to go traveling across the U.S. or the world to go with a cause us to have to draw way too much background that, that were too intricate to, to tell that type of story. So I had the idea of, well, let's just get him into space and go that way with it. So Jim, Jim came up with the Thanagar Ron War from the from the DC Showcase short I did about three years ago with uh, Adam Strange in it. So he used that as the basis for these guys to travel through what's on you know, the universe and trying to find out what happened with the Lantern Corps and all. So that's how it all came about that way. Originally, well, the intention storyline was a little different. Well, I'm not going to give away spoilers on that one because the, this is an incredible uh, reveal and there, there's some twists and turns that we're all excited to see, especially in the upcoming uh, film that's coming out just in time for Comic-Con on July 26th, uh, 4K Blu-ray and digital. Uh, you know, in dealing with something like PTSD, and the only real spoiler I'm going to give is the, you know... Um, I, I prefer the term shell shock from World War One because it has more gravitas to it in explaining what's going right. on with the, with the soldier. And so John Stewart, having been a Marine and dealing with shell shock and PTSD, and then Hot Girl, who's all about the honorable death and you know the honor of war. I love that dichotomy that you show through this. And then on top of it, with Adam Strange almost being mentally uh, broken from uh, from warping everywhere and losing his mind through the war. Right. I mean, that part of that is because Jim told the writers that were doing Apocalypse Now, basically. So they they rolled on that. Basically, they were, were traveling through the war zones, you know, like we did in Apocalypse Now, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. and we're doing this in uh, Ron Zanagan and so on. So 
the approach was to go with, you know, what, what we remember in certain parts of our public now and try to use that as a basis. Or the heart of darkness, if you want to full Conrad, you know. And so, after having been working on this for four years and it's now coming to fruition, how important is it as a producer and as a filmmaker to see this come to life? Especially because we're so used to instant gratification today that it's almost impossible to get that with something like this. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, you know, when, when you do the final edit, the music set up with the composer plus you know the mix then I have the you know in our head from start to finish it it, it remains you know there's a lot of surprise happy accidents that you find you know working out story for the boards and then find process and backgrounds and you know and then you find the elements that will work and Eventually, yeah, when you see the final product, though, for me, because I have to see it through throughout the whole 12 month process, I've already watched the film about 38 times. So, <laughs> yeah, my mind's done. <laughs> wow, we finally we did it, you know. It, there, is, there is that victory in the completion of the project. Yeah, but now watching it, the, the review again with, you know, to talk to you guys about it, now I can see it with some perspective because I haven't watched it in about a year, you know. Yeah. Well, um, and now we're, is there going to be a screening at Comic Con for this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're heading down there to do the So we're going to have our big Comic Con screening. We're excited for all of this. Uh, we're waiting for everything to come to fruition, especially the fact that we finally get together again in public. We're going to have a big crowd for this, as we always do for all these DC animated features. Uh, I will tell you, my favorite one that you've ever worked on was uh, New Frontier, uh, ju just uh, in honor of Darwin Cook's work and to keep in theme with that. And the stories just keep progressing and getting better, and I want to commend you on all that. Well, thanks. Look, I mean, me and Darwin is a good friend, work friend, and uh, he asked me to help him out on New Frontier. I didn't, you know, I was working with the Cartoon Network, but, you know, the minute he got, got New Frontier going with Julie, I was like, yeah, I'll help board on it. I, I had a good time. But what I did, what most of the guys could have done, is just follow Darwin's comic and use, use as much as his frame, uh, you know, your shots from his comics from the comic book as you could. Uh, is it more difficult to adapt something like that straight from the comic book? I mean, obviously there has to be certain things that'll fit better for animation than they would on, on the page. Then coming up with an original story that pays homage to the origin of the character? Um, no, it's either way. I mean, with, with New Frontier, for instance, that was Darwin was a storyboard in the director and animation, so we kind of drew the comic book to be adaptable to it. So it wasn't that much of a shock. Using original material is obviously preferred, but, but you kind of have to throw in certain things that fans will, you know, will, will gravitate towards. If it's totally original, it could go completely a long way. You have to kind of hold, hold firm to what, what has been 
you know, history of uh, the character and storyline and just kind of adapt from there. Yeah, uh, with the animated features, we're almost constrained to 88 minutes. Is there something that you would have liked to have seen added to the the feature that uh, didn't make the final cut? Um, well, we did this whole, whole beginning of how Gordon uh, tried to save Ron from the attack. That was all in the beginning. Now, that was a longer sequence. Well, you have to cut it down, and then I have to put it into uh, another act as a flashback moment. So that's how the film originally started. But after that, has to just the footage kind of has to cut it out. Yeah, well, it's absolutely gorgeous animation to the point that I almost forgot I was watching a cartoon. Oh, great, thanks. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the approach we take is we want it to feel like you're looking at instead of animation half the time, even though, obviously, it's animation and TV, but, you know, the 2D uh, design is more more forgivable or forgiven than, you know, when you have to do real-world stuff in the design. You can, you can just, live, you know, you can do things that aren't going to cost you millions of dollars to try to achieve. And also, we have to remain true to a story that works. to get to buy this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you buy into the story, you get sucked in. And, and let's be honest, most of the films that are CG today are just advanced animation. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I would say fixing a better story or fixing a better story, but most of the time, just the films are, you know, CGI and When you have your original concept art that you're working on, and then you hear the voices of Aldous Hodge, who, who's John Stewart, and Jimmy Simpson, who's Green Arrow, and then Jamie Gray Hayter, who's Hawkgirl, and, and Brian Bloom, Adam Strange, we're going to give everybody as much credit as we can. Um, is is there ever a point where the character design shifts once you hear the voice? I mean, you know, because you have the original characters from the 60s through the early 80s, and then now, you know, certain cha- changes are made to fit either the animation style today or what the look that you're going for. No, I mean, we go from the approach, design of the character, because I go, I go for more the classic look at most of these characters, so... It's mainly you find the voice for that. It's it's always been that way. Even in the Bruce Timmers, I think he he always wanted. You know, it's sad. It's kind of like when you all of us read comics. In your head, you have a certain voice, and you know. Right, because it's just fascinating how the this works and the beauty that you guys have added to all of this just makes it so much more powerful than we would have. Uh, anticipated no thanks I mean you know, 30 years of doing this I hope I get it right sometimes yeah. uh, with, with what we get to see now in the Green Lantern story are we going to tap in more of the core in the future or is there going to just be the these one-off stories eventually because it is its own shared universe yeah I think it's more based on how well this this thing does. I mean, if it, you know, it's all about the numbers. If, if this is something that does really well for them, mm-hmm. it might shoot off into an HBO Max, you know, 
miniseries or something. But I can't say for that because we we stuck to a certain storyline we were going to do. So we jump into the Green Lantern world in this film. But then the next film we're doing we can, has nothing to do with Green Lantern. So that's all based on the, how well this does if they want to adapt to something else. Well, there's so much going on in the DC universe that it's hard to confine it just to uh, 88 minutes. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm doing this, I'm doing this long stretch of movies to where we're trying to tell specific stories. So, well, Butch, we'll see how it all connects. I'm absolutely loving what you're doing. Green Lantern: Beware My Power is available on 4K, Blu-ray, and digital on uh, July 26th. There's going to be a screening at Comic Con. What's one thing we can expect in San Diego when we get to watch this with uh, our, our, uh, our, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, our contemporaries. <laughs> right. Well, what's the one thing we can look forward to? Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, you know, everyone's going to be on stage, most of the, the main actors, so something that you should be looking forward to. Not that you want to see my ugly face, more what you don't know. Uh, we, come on, don't ever call yourself ugly. You are a beautiful human being. <laughs> Butch, thank you so much for your time. Again, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, available July 26, 4K, Blu-ray, digital, and screening at San Diego Comic-Con. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. It's good to have you in. I'll see you at San Diego, I guess, right? Uh, hopefully so. I'll see you there. <laughs>